Hello, and welcome to the Indie Comics Club. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes, creator of Pizza Boys, that's Pizza Boys with a Z, with co-host, as always. Oh, I'm back. It's me, your boy, Greg Johnson, creator of Project Savior. Hello. And uh, it's been um at least Four. six plus months, if not longer. It's been probably longer than that. That's if probably it's not longer, yeah. I almost want to say last would... time we did it was like <clears throat> summertime of last year. Well, we tried to I mean, we tried to get back we, into the rhythm of things. We maybe, didn't. Maybe we got a couple episodes in in like September or August or something like that. I I almost I think want... we I think we're gonna call this a reboot. This is Indie Comics Club 2.0. Yeah, this is like coming back at you. You know, jumping back in the groove and so on. But um, in that uh time of absentness, how's your book been coming along? Slow, like it's difficult, right? Because lockdown has not been kind to anyone over here. Um, I I, I, I got... I'd assume England's probably like California, where it's probably on like the highest lockdown of any place. Well, England's just under full lockdown. You're not like, you're not supposed to be going anywhere. So we had the first lockdown start in March, and I did. I got issue five out the end of the first lockdown, but you still couldn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was no conventions. All the conventions got cancelled for the rest of the year. Most of them have been cancelled for this year. So so far, I haven't like other than the core people who follow it, I haven't been able to actually sell it. Uh huh. So I've just been kind of like, well what's the like what's the point like i can't sell it i can't get it out there so there's no point doing it if that makes sense like most of my most of my sales are from in person at conventions mhm yeah. like without them there's 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 nothing well you know that so i can't or go ahead i so i kind of haven't been like pushing and plus I had like I'd got loads of commissions in and especially that big one that took us what did that take? It's like two and a half months, that big Yeah, the splash page one. double poster feature that had Yeah. That was actually I think it I think I think it actually works out. I think it prints as a meter wide. Well that one's like it like I look at that like picture you did and that's almost like something that you would hang like behind a bar. Or, you know, if you had, like, a rumpus room or a man cave, you could have it above, like, your pool table or something like that. Because it's just one of those ones that you could sit there and look at for a long time and go, oh, shit, there's that character over there. Or, oh, check it out what's going on over there. Like, it really has that, like, long-term kind of, like, you're going to stare at it for a moment, you know? Yeah. There's just so much was detail and action going on in that thing. That was that was a challenge and a half, like... I took a long time to do, and then I had what else did I have? I had another, I had a A three like Marvel crossover uh, canvas that someone wanted hand painting. Uh huh. That took a while. I had a Harley Quinn commission, and then I've had you had the Predator one. Yep, I had the Predator one versus my main character, which was lit. Yeah, I know that, that came out. That came out awesome. Well, see, at least the kind of cool thing there is, even though that's you know technically not work going towards like the issues themselves, but sometimes that little bit of alternative kind of work can almost kind of give you kind of 
different challenges, different inspirations. Just, oh, yeah. Different it's ways still... to get sort of influenced and kind of change the pace up a bit. It's still learning stuff. Yeah. Um, I've had... I've just done another one there. Uh, someone wanted their girlfriend turning into a, um, a gladiator. Remember uh-huh. the old gladiator show from the 90s? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> they wanted to be t- they wanted to turn them into one of them. Oh, that's a, that, that's so a just, different choice. Yeah, that's interesting. It, the commission's a commission, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so I did that, and then just to... I don't know why, just one week I was just like, Do you know what it is I quite fancy doing? I did a, I did both Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. Mm-hmm. I don't know what... I, and there weren't even, like, the traditional Sinister Six. I just had... Who did I have? Venom, Goblin, Sandman, Ark, Vulture. Venom, Ark, Vulture, Goblin, Sandman, Venom. Yeah. Uh, and then right after that, I did Batman versus Bane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just—I don't know why I did them. I was just in the mood. Yeah, sometimes you just kind of fall in that. Like, hey, let, let's give something else a go and see, but see what happens. I asked. I was like, so which one of these does everyone prefer? Batman and Bane one got no love at well, all. That's kind of surprising. But then again, we, we all know that there's al- there's always going to be a Marvel bias, probably. <laughs> True. DC. I thought, like, I thought I really enjoyed doing the Batman one because I've never done like that version of Bane before. Mm-hmm. Just the big behemoth. Yeah. Um, And I had Batman all like fucked up. I had like his suit ripped. It was great. Like I made his cape huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I go? Yeah. And I went with the blue. I went with the blue and gray. Yeah, I was going to go black and gray. Style. Yeah. I just, I don't know why I just really fancied the blue. I like I like the blue cape. I'm, I personally I like the blue cape with like the dark like shadows. I think always looks really mm-hmm. cool. Oh, I meant to tell you as well. I watched Woman to Woman eighty four. Oh, finally! And I, there's probably been a handful of DCU movies that have come out between last time we podcast. So I like I was like indie comics. Let's talk some DC. I know, but we will have to really. <laughs> um, I seen like I see like a, it gets a lot of hate. I liked it a lot. I actually liked it more the... than the first Wonder Woman movie personally. I... I I still think I like the first one more. The first one, the first one was just fresh and like I don't know. I feel like it was more like net, like dialed in. Uh-huh. I think the second one tried to do some stuff that people weren't ready for. But I the the bit the bit I particularly like. I mean, it's been out what? Couple it's been months. out a few months now. It's not spoilers. Yeah, is it? Yeah. All right, spoilers in three, I two, mean... <laughs> one. So, my favorite bit was when she had to renounce our wish. Because she was already fucked up. You could see it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was the hardest thing she's ever done. Yeah. And just that scene of where she start, like where she renounces it and you see, like, a change. Like, from being, like, it's the fact that you knew she was weak, but you couldn't sort of see it. But then you see the difference. Mm-hmm. And then when she just leaps away, I was like, that's lit. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That part is sweet. I think that's almost what threw people off, though, is because the people that aren't, like, I guess, hardcore, like, DC slash Wonder Woman are kind of, like, in the know of it. They just kind of know Wonder Woman kind of just, like, by name. Um, Yeah. I really think that the magic part threw off just, like, the kind of, like, the the, the regular audience member coming in. Not not the affiliated DC fan. I mean... It's not perfect by any stretch. Like, I think they wobbled a little bit. Like, 
as much as I really like the scene where she's trying to stop that convoy, mm-hmm. and like that was the start of her starting to get weak. But when she dropped, when she let go of that rope and them kids hit that floor, I was like, "There's no way you stop them from dying because they they were dead." I know. I thought the same thing too when I watched that. Part. I was like, "They are toast." <laughs> I don't care what you said; they would have been toast. Yeah. But but I like the fact that it was still like it was trying though. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like action, action, action. It was like wait there, she's already getting weaker. She's trying to save people. Like fucking just let them fucking have it. Yeah, but what can you do? Uh, what else came out? Uh, there was the Kung Fu um, Batman. Uh, I haven't Soul seen. The I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, dude, I loved it a lot. I thought that one was totally awesome. I saw the. Um, I saw the Superman one. Uh, the Superman. Um, the one that had um the different animation in it. That was real good too. What the heck was that one called? Yeah. Uh, I read it at first. I was I wasn't keen on it, but then it grew on us. Yeah. No, I, I, I was a big fan I of that. Quite that animation style in it was really cool. God, what the heck was that one called? I'm drawing a blank on it. But um, that was really neat. And the next one coming out has like kind of that same style Justice animation. Society. Yeah, yeah. it's a Just Society that, during WW2. That looks like that's the, that's the way they're doing the reboot. Because I think that's the Flash that left up the um, Apocalypse War. <laughs> I love how it's always Flash just somehow, some way, like meddling in <laughs> that's time. That's a really nice timeline you got there. Be a just, shame if I fuck it up. You know, Flash is always getting involved in something or another. But um, no, there was a bunch of good DCU ones. Check out when you get a chance. Check out the Soul of the Dragon. I thought that was cool. It's pretty much like a, a Masters of Kung Fu story that just happens to have Batman in it. But you can never go wrong if happen to have Batman in it. Nice. <laughs> but nice. um, but yeah, I know it's just kind of like th- this time period. Just like you know, me working on Pizza Boys has just been like kind of trucking along. Well, in the you background. banged out like five issues, didn't you? It, it, it I think it sounded more like intense than it really was, but um, well, it sounded pretty intense to me because I'm sure I left on. Oh, what one? What was the last one you sent me? Eleven. Yeah, well, because I, I think I sent you eleven. I think was the last one. Because I. Think what are you up to now? Nineteen. No, I'm on like twelve. No, you're not. I'm not that far along. I'm not. I'm not, a, I'm not a Derek here who just like can, like just There's make a graphic no, you, novel. You banged out way more than one issue. No, I, I'm calling. No, nah, I'm calling some bullshit there, man. <laughs> Where is it? Let, let me go through this guy. Right. So I have. So that's eleven. Oh, I haven't read eleven. Yeah. No, eleven was the last one I kind of did. But like, I've been like sort of overlapping them, so it makes it feel like there's almost more. Like I, I'll literally have one done, and while I'm kind of working on the next one. And what, then, what, what? Which was the one with the uh, the the fucking ah? Oh, God damn it! I can't. I keep swearing as well. Which was the the laser tag? Which one was laser tag? That was nine. So you did do two. Well, I did. So it's ten and eleven I haven't done. Yeah, I did nine, ten, and eleven pretty much last year. All so, right, so it's eight, te- you still got two out. And technically twelve, so twelve is just... Technically twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting there. You know, I just got to finish. I got about, like, eight or nine more pages left to ink, and boom, I'll be set and right. ready to go for twelve. And then, um, cause it's at this kind of weird time that like, I mean, I kid you not like, you know, last year plus, like when I was in like the hospital for like the cancer thing, I remember the first thing I was thinking about, I'm like, man, the second I get out of this hospital, I'm going to hit up like every comic con there is from California to Nevada to Oregon. Doesn't matter. Like I'm going to go like touring in like my band or something like that. Cause I, I kind of got to that point where like the last few comic cons I did, you know, I guess almost like 
year and a half plus ago, I was like, you know what? If I probably was able to hit one of these at least every single weekend, I could probably be doing pretty golden. Because I was like, you know, you go there, you, you pull out your Kurt Russell kind of sales tactics from like used cars, you know, you work the crowd and whatnot. And uh, I was like, I, I think I could pull this off and like literally continuously keep selling. And the nice thing too is there, there is something way different than like, you know, being in person to really like show your comic to somebody and talk to them and have that face-to-face <clears throat> interaction. You, you just don't get the same thing online. You know what I mean? Like online's fine for the people you already sort of know. But I feel like yeah. not saying you, you you can't get new people that way too, you know. But like it's not. I feel like it's just not as easy or not the same. It's like there's a, there's like a missing experience. So I just kind of uh-huh. feel like in this dead time that we have, where it's like because I really don't think you know realistically, I don't know what Comic Con's going to show up even in 2020, especially if you're in the California area. Maybe if I went out to Florida or something like that, I might be able to find something. But um, not not here at the moment. So I think now is the time to kind of like, hey, I'm going to build up. I'm going to get my three graphic novels together, kind of get those ready, get the merchandise, you know, get a handful of T-shirts, you know, get the kind of little extra bells and whistles and whatnot, kind of have that sort of prepped and ready so that when those Comic-Cons do kind of happen, you're ready to kind of go to town and just be like, let's just do it. Let's literally, I I really want to picture it like touring like a band almost like I'm going to just hit them up like road shows, you know? And, um, in my opinion, like, I know this is kind of like almost like a dream of kind of sort, but I'm like, I thought it would always be fun to do is just, if you got a gang of comic book creators together and you literally went to comic cons, no different than like touring. It's just like, you got like yourself, like a cool van and whatnot. And you just kind of drove up and down like the country going to different ones. And then you could kind of technically split the price of the tables and all that good stuff. That's not a bad... Yeah, that could work. Like, me and Derek should come over there to England at some point, and we'll just go tour oh, everywhere. <laughs> There'd be nothing left. We'll, we'll just... We'll, 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 you know, we'll rent a van there, and then we'll just pile it around and go do down. You know, do you know what it is? I, pay, I paid up front for, like, three or four Comic-Cons, and all of them got pushed back. I, I almost did that, and then I was like... Because it was last year, I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to pay for these because I really have a... But I, I, I booked them the year before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times you've got to book them way, way in advance or else you might not get your spot. Yeah, like I'm sure it was... Th- I'm sure it's three. And they've all just been knocked back and knocked back. And I'm like, ugh. Like well, yeah. I've forgotten what a, what a con's even like at this point. Well, I remember there was a couple of them that came out that sounded kind of like an interesting idea. They were going to do like a tailgate style comic-con but then like the downfall was is like the price they were charging was like the same price for like the indoor ones i'm like well one now that if it's outside we're going to be taking up all that parking spot that would have been for like people showing up to the comic-con so i can't imagine there being as much parking and how is there going to be even close to the amount of people there i'm like i feel like you know if we're going to do it that style we're going to split it up and make it like have distance and so on like that it's almost like gotta be like next to nothing it's like it's almost like an experiment yeah. I just wish there was something. Yeah. It's just a bummer not having anything like that because it's just one of those ones where it's like, I don't know. Because I think also, too, you know, you go to the con and you talk to people and you get inspired and you see some other creators and whatnot. And it's kind of like there's this little camaraderie thing going on. And once again, it's just like, I just feel like it's just not the same online. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you could talk to some people and uh-huh. it's still a good time, but it's not like, 
Yeah, it's not like going out and having the event and seeing stuff and seeing other people's stuff and going, like, you see somebody else's style of doing it, you're like, hmm, I want to give that a go. You know what I mean? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this out next time, you know? And then, you know, you do the kind of thing where you add all the, you know, your little different banners and so on to your list of things to have and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I think this year is going to be another year where it's just like, hey, prep everything up, get it set and ready to rock and roll for when the time comes. Um, but till then, yeah, the only thing you really do is just kind of piece together your stuff. Like, you know, I think for your book, it's almost like thing to do is finish up the issues, get the graphic novel ready in this like downtime. And then when the time comes, boom, you got a book that you can run around and start slapping people in their faces. The pl- This is what the plan was. The plan was get issue six done and have its run. Then for the three year anniversary in April, Mm-hmm. was to launch the Kickstarter for the graphic novel mm-hmm. so that it was like on the three years and to like not only would it be just a graphic novel with the six issues it's going to have all six issues a full remaster slash remake of issue one which I've already teased on Twitter mm-hmm. uh, issue two and three are getting a paint job so that there's more uniform between all the issues and then you're also going to get about 20, 20 to th- 25 pages of like stuff like um, my original original stuff that I came up with in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, the different costumes that he's had over the last 10 years. Just the big old special uh, features section. Yep. A gallery with all of the all of the variant covers, like all nice and like nothing else on them, like none of the logos and everything just the art by itself and then with like the uh, creator's name on it as well and the goal is is if we can I'll do it as just a paperback but if we hit the stretch goal I'll do it as a hardback mm-hmm. that'd be neat Um, but I'm not doing like I'm not doing like a stupid amount of like different tiers no, like, I... it's just going to be... So here's the digital one. Mm-hmm. Here's the physical one. Choose. Yeah, well, you know what? I like that idea so much more. Like, I'm kind of like... it. it I, I personally don't like when there's the tiers and there's, like, 25 different choices to go. Because that, to me, always confuses yeah. me. I'm like, well, well, what's the one? It's just like at the end but of the day... But I don't want it to be... But, like, you see them and, like, people will charge, like, crazy amounts of money. Yeah. For for a single comic, and like the graphic novels are usually like it's not worth getting them to the UK because they charge like thirty something dollars for the book, yeah, and then it's like and then thirty it's like bucks another twenty five dollars for the post, and it's like no, yeah. like I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and work something out for the uh, for the like shipping abroad to see if there's anything I can do so it's not as expensive. You know what? But you I need- don't want to have get like. I don't want to be coming up with like a bazillion things to give away in the tiers when I could just give everyone the same. Like if we hit stretch goals, I'll give people extra stuff, not because they've paid extra, just because they're they're interested in the book. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, I got an idea, though, for you when it comes to shipping it, at least in the U.S. and maybe Canada and Mexico, is <laughs> um, when it won't, if you get people that buy the physical books in there that's where you use something like Indie Planet for like the print on demand, because then you just order them through that and they'll ship Try them. From... Indie Planet won't let us on. Really? It's because you, yeah, you're not American? 
I just I think I think that's what it was. I tried signing up to it before, and it just told us to jog on. <laughs> that's so weird because it's like me and Derek both the... have used that in like in actually like real good success, and because um, that's what I thought would have been the thing for you is just been like, oh well, if you just use that because you know they're like from Indianapolis or something like that, so they would just mm-hmm. ship everything out from there, and then you'd never have to worry about shipping it internationally because that's always the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about comic books. Comic books are just. They just almost don't work. Books do not work very good for shipping internationally. It's like they just yeah. there's not really like a proper like postage for it. Like in the U.S., there's this thing called media mail. Now, technically, it's supposed to be made for textbooks because they just weigh so much, and that's kind of like where it is. Yeah. But you know, kind of get away with it for like I think any kind of book. And um, uh-huh. that kind of works fine, but that only ships in the U.S. You know, but it keeps it at a reasonable price. You know, there's no, like, international media mail for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. See, like, here, it's not too bad sending stuff. It's just when it goes to the States, then it just gets, uh... It just goes to shit. Well, that that's the same thing that I kind of had, too, like, with shipping things outside. Like, I had to ship one of my books to, like, Afghanistan. L- luckily, it was a military base, so it kind of, like, worked out better, because I was kind of afraid of what that was going to be like. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> it's like, what's going to be the price for that? You know, it's one thing to ship to, like, England or Australia, you know, someplace that kind of has a normal shipping route. But then I was like, wait a second, what's this going to be like? Yeah. I haven't done Afghanistan like that. Must say. So it's it's always kind of fun when you sort of have to challenge you there. But, um, but yeah. I'm having a look on Indie Planet again to see. Uh, I can't even find out. I can't even remember how to do it. Yeah, well, because it's a little bit tricky. I remember I even had to ask Derek on kind of how to do it, because you almost have to do the thing where you make a Kablam account first, then you get the Indie Planet account, then you well, go I've back... Well, I've got an Indie Planet account, but I don't think it's a... Uh, like a seller account? Yeah, yeah, you might have to convert it over to there, but do you have the Kablam account? What the hell's a Kablam account? Okay, so Kablam is the printing studio. Indie Planet's like the like the seller store, uh, so yeah, it's kind of goofy. And then you gotta do the thing where you gotta I order. Think this, I think this is where I went and had the problem. Yeah, as uh, I said, I like it was a little confusing for me at first too. So it's like make both those accounts because they're all kind of tied together. And then you got what you gotta do is you gotta order a test copy of your book, you know, for it to be on sale on there. I and, think that's why because they can't. There was a test sample because I'm not in the States. Well, you know what you do? Just send that test sample to me or Derek, you know, and then we can just kind of work it out that way. That might not be a, you know, that'd probably be a practical way. At least then you could at least get that store set up. And then if anything, you got a place to ship it to for at least Canada, you know, North America, Canada, Mexico, you know, US. Right. I mean, I can have a look into it and see what it's like. Because I feel like that's... It's nice to have that print on demand too, anyways. Just for say, if like someone's like, "Hey, I kind of want a physical copy," and like you know, oh, they've actually added in now. Um, you can select a UK address. Yeah, might just be the idea. This ideal is time. interesting. <laughs> this is interesting. We might be onto something here, boys. Yeah, that's okay. See, we're making indie comic progress right here. I'm just trying to figure <sighs> out these things. Absolute facts. Because um, it, it it doesn't like me phone number. What phone number would you like? Because I ain't got a landline. I don't know. Well, well I do, and I, d- I don't use it. Well, worst case scenario, 
<laughs> Give them my phone number. <laughs> I, I, they've never called me before, so. I don't know. Like, come on now. It's 2021. You can't have a website asking for a landline number. Like, well, that's I, just silly. I know I didn't put a landline number on there. I put a cell phone number on my account. Well, fine. If you're going to take an English, uh, like, address, why would you not take... No, it does not like that neither. Like, what? Do you want the plus four four instead? Well, you know, probably at least... Because nope. you're, you're, English addresses are at least easy compared to, like, have you ever had to ship something to Russia and they give you one of the Russian addresses in Russian and you're looking at your keyboard going, wait a second, I don't have these letters. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. I, I've done that one a few times where it's like, ooh, uh, how, let's see how we're going to get this one going. All right, so I can't go any further because it wants a valid phone number. But it won't accept a valid phone number. Yeah, well, a- after the show, we'll mess with it. And um, worst case scenario, you can give him my phone number, and uh, I'll be like your secretary. Son of a! With that, what if I just put a five in front of it? Damn it! <laughs> that was going to be a case of if I put in like five, five, five. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I've done that many a times where it's like I've done that for shipping packages where it's just like. Yeah, just put a regular, just give me a movie phone number on there and it works. Son of a bitch. But, um, but yeah, no, I, yeah. I think speaking of like the, the 2021 plan of kind of getting everything sorted together, I think finish the issues, get your graphic novel ready and set, and then, um, just kind of get it all prepped and prepared for shipping to all over well, different to places. Be fair. Mm-hmm. Once issue six is done, it only it'll only take two minutes just to add them all together, and then it's just sorting out the other pages of fluff, isn't it? Uh huh. Like it's it's probably not that big of a a job. It's just printing it, like, yeah. But it's not. It's it it unfortunately isn't a thing where I can do like I can do with the normal comics and just order them. Mm-hmm. Like graphic novels are way more expensive. You know, oddly- and you get a lot less. For me, the graphic novels are actually cheaper because if that if doesn't I, make any sense. If if I compare it, like okay, so I got Pizza Boys and I got four issues, and I was going to print those ones out compared to just printing out those four issues in a graphic novel. The graphic novel is at least like twenty percent cheaper. That doesn't make any sense. You like know. surely it should be cheaper to print them individually. It's weird. It's just like I can get them actually just a bit cheaper because of the graphic. I think it's because it's being kind of combined together. Because that's where I was looking at. Like I had the idea for Pizza Boys. I also wanted to kind of make an omnibus and put all three uh-huh. of those graphic novels together, so you get issues one through twelve in one big book. And um, that's even cheaper in a sense if you compare it to like the single issues print out. So I feel like that would be kind of fun to have some of those. So if you were at a comic con and somebody really is like. Hey, I've never read any of these before. I'm interested. I want the whole collection. You just you slap down this phone book looking comic. You'd be like, "Here you go. It's got all twelve of them in one." Yeah, that's a good point. And then I was even thinking, like, I almost want to kind of try putting it because it's still on Amazon. I don't know why, but their print-on-demand service still doesn't have a comic book size. I, I I can't figure this out. They've been around forever. They own Comixology. Why would they not have a comic book size? I've even asked them that before, and the people are like, huh, funny. I'll, I'll put that up into the, the questionnaire box and whatnot. 
But um, there's that kind of other size that you'll see every once in a while on certain graphic novels, not like a manga size, but like it's almost like the in-between between a manga and like a traditional kind of comic book. And uh-huh. I, the, um, the best thing I can say is I, the, the Strangers in Paradise graphic novels that I have, like the big book versions are called like pocket books or something like that. They're like in that size. And I think I could almost kind of like shrink it down just slightly to fit into one of those pocket book sizes. And then I might be able to print it off Amazon on one of their kind of um, print sources because Amazon does a really great job. Like for like the novels that I bought from buddies, like they, they look great. They look amazing. Like what comes out of there. So it's just like, I'd love to see what the, their comp book can kind of print if you fit it in there. And that might be the, almost the go-to place for a print on demand thing. And then it would be kind of nice also for like something like the Onibus and so on. So it's weird, right? For some reason I can get a hardback cheap-ish. That's interesting. Cause I always thought the hardback always, at least I almost wanted it's to say not... cost like five bucks more per, you know, it's not that bad. Um, but you don't get as many copies as you would if you were buying just a single issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the lowest they do is 25. And, uh, so 100, 144 pages it would be. Mm-hmm. And it's only, it probably works out at double what it would cost for me to just print 100 of my normal ones. Mm-hmm. No, what did I, no. Yeah, it's about double what I would pay for just a single issue. Well, and getting 25 of them wouldn't be so bad, just kind of, because then you could kind of test them out, see how you like the print and everything like that, and then... Um... Well, they, these guys are usually spot on, like, they've done issues four and five, mm-hmm. and they've been unreal, so <clears throat> I'm kind of hoping that this will just be the same. So if I went for a pit... The other thing, I don't think they do the sizes the same. Mm-hmm. Because you go to graphic novel and it just says A5, A4, and then some weird-ass ones. Uh-huh. But I don't think either of them are quite right, so I'm just going for A4 at the minute. Yeah, that's always kind of... You always feel like you kind of want it to be like, can you just give me the exact, like, dimensions? Yeah. I'm just wondering what it's going to say about... Cover. Yeah. Yeah. That's for 100. Jesus, H. Christ. But, uh, well, it looks like you at least got some kind of choices and so on. But I will say, I do like the idea... Oh, to... there's a £100 difference between hardback and paperback. Oh, that sounds about right. I, I, I would expect it to be... I mean, look when you go to buy, like, a Marvel book, and they have, like, the hardback version, they charge, like, an extra 10 bucks for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just because it's hardback. So what does that make that then? So that, that, that. Uh, okay. So now I'm seeing the difference. Mm. Well, yeah, it's all that, stuff to think about. Yeah, I mean, there's all those kind of things going, but I think also keeping that Kickstarter as like, hey, there's a digital and there's a physical, and that's it. I, I, I like that idea right there because it just keeps it from being like, hey, there's not... You know what you're getting into. There's not a whole yeah. lot of fluff kind of in the way and whatnot. It's not confusing. Like some some people just have some. They're just there's so many choices that they're confusing, and it almost feels like as you go up in the tiers, you start losing certain things too. And I'm like, what? What, what am I losing here? You know what I mean? Like, well, why is there yeah. like more stuff on tier three than there is on tier five? I like 
you know, and, and I know that like people read those things online. It says, hey, you should have like 50 different things for people to choose from because they like choices. And it's like, I, I really don't think that is the case. I think it's best there's, to actually keep There's it. having choices and then there's just overwhelming. Yeah. You know, I like mean, you don't, you don't need to have 60 billion different types. Like as long as you're offering, as long as what you're offering is like good. Mm hmm. You're fine. Like you don't need to like try and think of several different things to give away. When you can just say like, look at like if you pay like I don't know. Say for example, it's a hardback. So we're like, right, you pay twenty five, twenty five quid. Right, that's ballpark. That's gonna get you the book. Then, if we pass, if we if we reach the goal in full, I'm gonna put this in. If we get to the stretch goal after that. I'm going to put this in. And this is going to be for everyone. Not because you've bought this tier or this tier. It's going to be for everyone. Yeah. And you're only doing one payment. Everyone's just paying the same and getting the same. Yeah, you just get more because more people have bought in. Yeah. You know? And th that totally makes sense. And it's almost like, I guess you the only separation would be like, hey, here's a digital one, and then the physical one's going to have more stuff shipped with it, I guess. You'd have to... I mean, yeah, the physical one's probably going to get more than what the digital one is. Um, not much I can do about that. Yeah, that's, that, I feel that's definitely to be expected, you know what I mean? But there's also going to be a massive price difference between the digital one and the physical one. Yeah, because there's not shipping and there's not printing and all that stuff. Yeah. Like, I will say, have you ever seen one of, uh, do you know the comic book Lady Death? vaguely like the it's kind of one of those like one of those 90s like super gothic kind of like almost in the category of like spawn and all the kind of demon kind of stuff they're really cool books and so on like that and the dude's been doing them for like ever brian dolo or whatever his name is but um it's one of those ones like i've seen a couple of his kickstarters which at first i was like cool that guy's still doing it because it's like it's kind of hard to run across a lady death comic sometimes in stores yeah. like when you're looking for them and then it was just like you go on there, it's like, here's one, he's making like a half million dollars on like every single book, and you're like, Jesus. And it's, it's weird, because it's one of those books, it's like, God, I can go to a comic book store, and I'd be hard-pressed to be able to find a Lady Death book in there, but I think he's mm -hmm. just got that fan base, it's like, it's that kind where it's like, you know like that saying that you only need like 10,000 fans? and you could pretty much live off that for the rest of your life i think that's almost yeah. kind of how it is he's got those like ten thousand people that are like will spend like a hundred dollars on him every single year pretty much if not God more damn. but like that's one of those ones where it's like it's confusing because i remember like cause that's like my, one of my girlfriend's favorite books so i was like well i'll just fire some of those things on him but i'm like you go on there it's like hardcover soft cover double books this book this one comes with an action figure. This one doesn't. It's like, oh, oh, there's too many choices. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. And and he's making like, you know, six hundred and sixty-six thousand dollars. Like, what, what, what's going on? This is also true. It, it is. I mean, granted, like they're all like done in super pristine, so probably about half that goes to <laughs> printing and so on. But at the end of the day, I'm like, damn it, this guy's making a killing. And it's like, well, those ones I feel like. No, I don't think anybody would think much of it, like unless you actually saw the numbers. You're like, holy uh -huh. crap! Because you know that that would have been almost like not saying that it's like it's not independent by any means, but it's definitely would have been like one of those kind of like you know you're not Marvel, you're not DC, you're not Image, you're not Dark Horse, you're kind of like farther down that tier of companies. And yeah. it goes to show that man, you just keep with it, you you can still like turn out these. <laughs> Huge books, even if you just got that certain amount of followers. 
that's it. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, it's you know it's the classic thing. I mean, a lot of times I even think, gosh, if you just had ten thousand people that spent ten bucks on you a year, you could like be pretty well off. Yeah, that's the dream. It really is. See, and without Comic Cons, I I feel like it's harder to to bring that number to, oh, you know, a full realization. Is you know, what I mean, it's like you you need to go out there and meet the people and show the people and tell the people and chat with the people and you know what and create that kind of camaraderie and. I feel that's the key thing I'm sort of missing. That's it. But, um... This is very true. I'm trying to find the, um... From that thing that everyone kept sharing, it was like, if you're doing a Kickstarter, use this calculator to see how much you should actually... I thought that was on Kickstarter itself, but maybe I'm totally wrong. I can't find it. I mean, the upside I'll say for yours is if you're just got, in a sense, like, let's minus out the digital for the moment, but you're just looking at the physical, like, it's one graphic novel. You really just got to calculate it by how much it costs to print those graphic novels out. Yeah, but you've got to add on the fees. Well, it's like, they're like 10%. So you add that 10% onto there, too. And then you just have, like, like, what I would do is I would take the book, how much it costs to print out however many you think you're going to need. Then you would have, you know, the shipping, add that up. And then you would have the fees, add that up. And then probably double it, just so you know that you're in the golden zone. Mm-hmm. Fair. Cause then, then, I'll, then, keep, I'll keep looking into it. Then at least you know you'll be, you'll, you'll be able to get all that stuff done. You won't be under budget. You'll be making just the right amount that you need, you know. Because I always think the the key thing is, like, I always look at stuff and I go, however much it costs me to print it, I generally just double it for selling it. Like, that's kind of my thing. If it costs me this much to get it, then I'll just double it to sell it, you know? And granted, mm-hmm. we all know we see some people on there and it's like, well, that person, like, quadrupled it because I know how much it costs to print it. Yeah. You know? Or it's like, it's, it's sometimes when you'll see, like, art prints. You know what I mean? You'll see like an art print going for like, you're like, that person's selling that for like 35 bucks. They probably went down to Staples and paid like a buck 25 to print it out. Yeah. You know, not not saying anything against making some money and so on like that, but you know what I mean? Like, holy crap. That's fair. Total amount you actually need. But I do think it's kind of nice to like, in a sense, the then not be like overbearing by saying like, Hey, you know, in this tier, you're going to get like a bookmark and you're going to get like, you know, a poster and you're going to get like all these things. And sometimes some of those, there's some of those items that I feel are kind of the novelty items that people kind of, they sort of look at and they go, huh, that's cool. And then they stick it yeah. right in, a, in like a dresser drawer and never to be seen again. Like, I always feel like that's why, like when I came up with some of like the items that I won, like I use like that pizza cutter bottle opener thing. Like, what I liked about that is that's an item that someone can look and be like, hey, this is pretty sweet, but instead of just kind of going to a drawer and never being used, it has a high chance of being like, oh, cool, I can use this to open up, you know, bottles, I can cut pizza with it. I mean, I don't know how many times somebody calls me and be like, dude, using your pizza cutter works fantastic. Or, you know, I'll just get pictures online, sometimes of people opening beers, and it's like, got the, pe- you know, got the, cool- the koozie out there and got the bottle opener. You know, it's like, I-, I felt like that was kind of a good item where I kind of fear for like, you know, certain things that like even though they're kind of cool you don't want them to get kind of lost yeah that's fair 
Like I kind of like I'll the do, idea of I'm making like do, everyday items. I'm gonna do loads of research um, before I do it. I think I just get sidetracked. Yeah, I, I know what you mean there. Because like even with myself, like I'm thinking that once I finish Pizza Boys issue 12, the kind of the goal is finish that, then put together the graphic novel, and then once again I'm preparing myself all for you know the Comic Con and so on whenever they do come. I may do a kick. I didn't do a Kickstarter for Pizza Boys 11. I kind of stopped doing them for like the singular issues. I felt like that to me always seems sort of silly. I was just doing it because I didn't have any other yeah. options really. It was just like, well, we don't have you know our old places to sell we don't have comic cons we don't have them like well i'll just use i'll just do mini kickstars what i kind of call them and, you know they're, they're not bad but you know i feel like eh, maybe i'll kind of wait for it maybe the third book or something like that you know g- give it another go and kind of make it kind of big there but then my kind of main goal is almost to sort of do the thing where once i sort of finish up with the graphic novel and kind of have you know all 12 issues ready and so on is kind of stop and go like, okay, I got three books. Let's kind of go out there and kind of market them, push them out there, kind of get them shared around and do a little bit more of the advertising kind of part too. Because I know myself, like, I mostly feel like I can always either do one or the other. And a lot of times I'll be like, well, I'm working on the issue. So then like, I almost just disappear and, you know, just go into like the darkness and just go on my work and so on. And kind of don't get around to doing the advertising, marketing, you know, because there's certain people out there that are great at that, you know. And a lot of times I will say, a lot of times the guys who have the really good marketing, it's mostly because there's like two or three guys working on the comic books. I'm like, well, you can split the load. Yeah. You know, when when it's when it's guys like me and you, almost where it's just like we're we're the only person on that book, you know, for the most part, like. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes it's one of those ones like there's only so much time in the day. Like, what are you going to do? You get a draw or you're going to sit there and try to sell and advertise and so on. You almost sort of like there's, you know, only so much you can do. So a lot of times I notice for me, I just go, well, I'll just finish the issue up. That's what I'm working on. Let's just do that. That's what I meant to get you to check. Um, Because I I think I fixed the website. Oh. If you go on my website, you should now see everything in dollars, but like what it should be, not what it's converting it from mine. If that makes sense, because I know a few people were like, I don't know how much, like, I don't know why this is such a weird price. Oh, because it's just giving it like an odd like, hey, it's because you know. it, it was doing it was converting it from what I was selling it as in the UK. Up to what the dollars would be, even though that's not right but I fixed it. Like I, I'm able to set it what it is in dollars. Mm-hmm. So it should be now that the comics look more reasonable. I just meant to get yeah, you to check. Cause it, it's, like it's you're, literally you're, you're over there. solid, solid prices now. What is it? How much does it say? Okay. The For prints, like a digital one. The prints are six fifty fifth. Let me go to the issues real quick. There it says uh one fifty to $3. I don't know why it says. Oh yeah, so the digital ones are like a buck fifty. Oh, and then three dollars for the print. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah. So yeah, now they're in a solid number. Yeah, just someone. A few people have mentioned it. I didn't know how to do it, and then I figured it out. I had to get like a whole other add-on. I still love the idea of just having like your store right there on your main page. I feel that definitely kind of makes it a nice like, hey, you got a one stop 
place you can go yeah. shop. You can use, I think you could even use PayPal on that thing, couldn't you? I want to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it made it super easy to buy right off of there and so on. Uh, I think that's definitely sort of the way to go. I mean, you, you always kind of want to have the, you know, the few places to go. I mean, there's a couple other places that I've been trying out just, you know, that sort of have like an indie comic selling place and so on. I don't know. It feels like without like a centralized zone, it starts to get kind of spread out and then everything's kind of here and there and, you know, around. And, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I sometimes kind of have, it's like, it's nice to have them at certain places like that. Just for, you never know who might run across that website and run into your book and go, hey, cool, I'm going to start buying them from there and whatnot. But, um, yeah. I don't know. There's all sorts of different places going. I mean, even like, what's that one that Luke's been using that's kind of like the, it's almost like it gives comics out for free and then you're supposed to like subscribe to it or something like that. What the heck was that? Uh, no idea. He's been doing it for like, he's been testing it out on his new series of Dead Ronin. And I, I've heard oh. other people use it too. It, it's To me, I look at it, it's kind of like, it looks kind of foreign and weird and like doesn't look the same as like uh, a traditional way of reading comics, but I can kind of see where the appeal would also be at the same time too. Uh-huh. You know, I think I know what you're talking about. Because a lot of times they do the thing where people like do, hey, every week I put up like four pages or something like that. And then you can donate or you can, it almost reminds me like Patreon for comics, but I can't remember what the heck it was called. But, uh, literally I only have an account on that site just so I could leave reviews for Luke. That was like the only thing I had it for. Which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause sometimes there also gets to that point too, where like, you know, when, even when it comes to managing, like, you know, the different sites you can put your books up on and so on. It's like, after a while, I feel like there's a limit of how many sites you can kind of almost watch and maintain and keep track of, you know, unless yeah. for some reason that was the only job you did, you know, there would be something to be said about having just that, like, you know, having that person that worked on your comic book team that like, that was all they did. They took care of the advertising, the marketing, the websites and all those things that, you know, require a lot of time. And, you know, at the end of the day, almost don't feel like they amount to as much, but they really do, you know? Uh-huh. I. So should we review some comics? Yeah, you know, we'll bring back a little bit of tradition here and pull out some comics that uh, kind of came out in our little bit of uh, absentees of the podcast and whatnot. And uh, even speaking of <laughs> so, like both these comics, it's funny because like the reason I knew about these ones is because uh, on one of them, Luke Brown did a variant cover on. And then on the other book, Rick Joseph did a variant cover on. So I was like, okay, yeah, I'll support the cause because of that. Nice. <laughs> it's like, I, like, so that goes to show that, you know, you know, you don't think about it, but like, because you have a certain person do a variant cover, that might lead you in to a sale that you normally maybe not have got. This is true. And small things like think that. think about that. You don't think about it. Someone goes, hey, I like that person who did the variant cover. Sure, I'll check the book out. If they're involved with it, they, you know, it's got to be something. Oh, yeah. But uh, speaking which, of books... Which one do you want to start with? Yeah, as I say, which one? I was going to let you choose. Which one do you want to go with? Uh, how about more Reese and the Metal? Okay, so this is the one that Luke did the variant on. Though it's not on this book, so I can't remember where the heck that variant appears at. Maybe it's on the second issue. I felt like I saw it, but then um, I didn't. Well, more Reese and the Metal, though, this is one of those ones where it's like, it's kind of like the story of like an 80s kid who's into heavy metal. That's his whole lifestyle. 
lives in kind of this like shitty town where like you know it's kind of crime ridden and so on but the metals his escape almost it almost feels kind of like did you ever i just played this recently so this is the only reason it kind of makes me like feel like it's similar but um that jack black game that came out on ps3 and xbox 360 brutal legend yeah it kind of had like a feel like that because that's one of those games where it's like it took me forever to finally get around a planet but i finally played it you know kind of recently and it's just like Dude, this thing's sick. It's got like over a hundred plus great metal tunes, you know, Lemmy's in there, Rob Halford, Ozzy, you know, all these cool like cameos and whatnot. The gameplay's sick. Like, yeah, I, I had a great old time with it. And uh, that's almost how this kind of reminds me. <laughs> yeah. You kind of I mean, go into it? I don't know if it's just me, right? Because I just don't think I'm getting, like, it's the, it's the skip. After he, like, blows up. Well, you know, because it starts off, it's like they're at, like, a Black Sabbath concert, and they're doing, like, there's this older guy who just, like, loves his yeah, roadie like, job. Like, I get that bit, and, like, they were trying to test it out, and they were like, right, we're going to make this shit work, and then it just goes bang, and then all of a sudden, here's the kid. And I'm like, wait, did that, wait, what? What I'm guessing is I'm not too sure, but I'm thinking that that older guy... Because that's supposed to be, I'm thinking, like, the 70s or something like that. And they just got this, like, punk rocker guy who's just like, whatever, man. It's just doing a stupid job. I mean, once I get my band off the ground, it's going to be amazing. I don't I don't care about this roadie business. It's got just, like, attitude. But I'm thinking that guy, the roadie guy in the Black Sabbath t-shirt, I'm thinking that guy is Maurice's dad. Ah, uh, shit. But they they haven't mentioned it, but like of course when you know Maurice goes home and he's this kid kid plays drums. He's not really the greatest drummer, but like he just loves the metal. But when he goes yeah. home, his mom has that thing where it's like, I don't want you listening to metal. I don't want you to turn out how your dad did. You know, he dedicated his life to the metal, and look where it got him. And then you know, I'm thinking that's where it's all coming to. I just I didn't say I just didn't get the connection. But now that you've said that, that makes perfect sense. I must have just been a dumbass. So, so this is kind of how it is. I don't know. You'd be reading a book and this, like, some of those things will just go right over your head. And then, like, the whole rest of it, you're like, wait a second. What was that all about? You know? But um, I'm thinking that's what's going to be because, you know, of course, the mom takes, he's listening to this cassette player. And, you know, she chucks it into, like, the water and it gets all electrified and so on. And then as t- time goes on, it starts working again. He's like, oh, whatever, mom, you didn't break it. It still works. And then he gets, like, electrocuted and he gets powers from it. And I'm almost thinking these are all kind of be tied together. And that voice almost at the very end that kind of comes on. I'm thinking that's his dad. Fair. Well, I was. Yeah, yeah that's fair. So so now Maurice is getting bullied, like as he walks home from band practice and so on and whatnot. Now he's just got these superpowers. I mean, literally, he like punches in his sister's room. That that I quite enjoyed that one, like because he just goes to knock and just punches it off the hinges. I thought it was kind of funny. I like that. They're, they're like, they're like. My tradition is, is I always just punch my sister's door like real hard so she can know that I'm there. I guess it's because she's listening to like her music at full volume. Maybe that's what it the is. The fact that he's still there going, oh shit! <laughs> but that door just kind of like comes in, just like boom, just blast on through, and then the sister turns around like, dude, what the fuck? What are you doing? No, it's funny though, right? She turns around, unplugs her headphones from the stereo, then keeps the headphones on. Yeah, Zach, like, I ain't taking these off. I'm one with the headphones. Just, like, whatever she's listening to, which I think is Madonna, uh, just blasting out just to piss everyone off, but she's got her headphones in, so she's like, you can all suffer. 
Yeah, it's just, I think it says like Madison or something, but I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like a Madonna-like band because I think this is 85, so you could tell she's new wave pop kind of girl. I am Miss Puppet. But yeah, she's kind of... Re- I really like the art in it and I like the fact that like how it picks and chooses what to focus on. Like if it's not a focused character, it's kind of like almost blends into the background, mm-hmm. but not quite. It's it's got nice black and white kind of shading in there and tones and yeah. whatnot and it's yeah it's definitely picked out well like hey what this is supposed to be dark this is what's supposed to be the light section we're gonna focus on here here really leads your eye nicely throughout the whole thing you know um I, I like the, the artwork in here is fantastic that was almost one of the main selling points on it too was I just looked I'm like it's about metal I like the black and white artwork of course I'm sold yep so yeah definitely give that one a read. Yeah, Maurice in the Metal. I I know I have two of the issues, so there also might be a third one either out maybe by now or in the works, of course. So, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Would love to see where this goes. I was totally sold whole way through, enjoyed it. But um, that leads us into El Crudo, and this is the one that Rick Joseph had, like, a variant of. And all I had to do is I saw, you look at, like, the cover, and it's like, oh, it's like, you got this orangutan being thrown into like a Vietnam war scene with guns and so on. I'm like, I'm there. You don't need to tell me anymore. <laughs> really what it reminded me of is my buddy, you know, Ryan Dunnigan from old man orange did podcast of him and so on. Uh, he had a comic book back in the day that, um, I don't know. I just totally drew a blank right on this real quick, but, um, it's called grit. And uh, right. it literally, like, when I saw this, I'm like, oh, it's just sort of like Grit, because his was monkey and a gas mask with two guns. Like, what more do you need to know? <laughs> well, that's enough of a selling point, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, there's something to be said about having those, like, those covers that you can almost be like, you don't have to say anything about it. It's just like, the cover will do the job, you know, and you're there. Like, because, I mean, like, look at the cover of this. If you look at El Crudo, you would just be like, all you gotta do is see a picture of this cover. You don't have to see anything else. You almost don't even have to see the inside of the book. Don't even need a description about it. It's kind of like you're either in or you're out. You know, you know right yeah. off the bat, like, if this is for you, you're like, dude, I'm there. I, you know, it's like a movie poster where, like, it's just perfectly dialed in. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And then this one also, I, I love the artwork in it, too, because it has sort of that that kind of we talked about before. It's like where it's kind of got the sketchy kind of look, and it looks really neat and so on. I mean, yeah. even on Pizza Boys Eleven, I gave a little bit of the sketchy artwork kind of a go because I always liked it so much. And for a while there, I felt like I could never kind of get it down where it has that sketchy yet it looks really cool kind of look. You know, sometimes when I first did it, it was like I felt like mine just looks sketchy, but not like sketchy good. It just looks like sketchy, like you drew it just really fast. There's, the, I think there's different. <sighs> What's the word? There's, there's using oh fuck me i can't even do english today it's not for everyone like i don't like it when it's overly done yeah because it looks too messy if, so like there is a fine line between like that nice sketchy look and the overly sketchy just didn't want to tidy it up yeah, they're, 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 then it starts to look like a death metal band cover of like where you're like, hmm, what's going on here now? Now it's like there's so much sketchiness on their band's name, I can't even read what it says. There's a re- there's a really cool page in it that I really like. Uh, I think it's page five mm-hmm. when they get when there's like the ambush. Like it's only like sort of like hinted, 
but it just looks like it's pissing it down without overly sort of like pushing it home that it's raining. Like it's just enough to look like it's pissing it down. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah, pretty yeah. sure the dude in the middle of that's doing the pose from uh, Apocalypse Now. Which guy? And because well, there's a part the where, d- it, it, so in the, so, so you know when it when like the dude's he's bouncing the b- baseball off yeah. the boxes. He's going like Steve McQueen in the Great Escape, right there. And he sees like a pipe bomb thing, and then it's the page where it goes kaboom, and you see the dude splitting off, and then you see them all coming out of the trees, and there's the explosion, and then if you look just above the first gun there's a guy like kneeling on the floor oh he's doing the platoon thing he's doing the Willem Dafoe that's it platoon <laughs> and you knew what I was on about when, as soon as you seen it oh yeah I, I know totally. well that's the thing it's like because of doing Pizza Boys issue 9 I had like a very Vietnam kind of theme to that one so like all those movies resonated perfectly for me and like I saw them right off the bat here because there's a lot of action movies sort of kind of light references but not so much so that yeah. it's like in your face kind of reference I mean, even like the guy, the Steve McQueen guy, like there's kind of a, you don't think about it, but when the explosion goes off, you see his hand holding onto the baseball. He's just flying through the air. Just little details like that. Yeah. But, the, the, I, I really enjoyed that. But yeah, so it just goes into this ultimate carnage. These, you know, U.S. Marines are just getting taken out left and right and just brutalized by the Viet Cong. And then, of course, like a, a call-in comes in and whatnot. And it's just like the military higher-ups are like, well, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to have to send in our special force trains. No, no, no. Not good enough. Let's send in El Crudo. <laughs> and then we get a weird backstory. Like, I I would have liked it if it had said, like, you know, backstory flashback. Because I was really confused as to why there was a woman on a bike with a kid. Tells him to slow down, and then you never see them again. He, probably, he almost runs over that poor frog. Yeah. Would have been funnier if he'd ran over the frog. Well, I feel like that's back... leading into, like, that's like the Viet Cong leader guy or something. Like, I'm assuming that's going to be our main bad guy. And that's sort yeah, of what And we're... then you see him flicking a a cigarette at young El Cudo. Oh, maybe that is. I didn't even think about that being a flashback. No, Yeah, I think... I'm pretty sure that's a flashback. You think that is? Because that looks more like that's a monkey compared to, like, an orangutan. Well, I don't know what else it would be. <laughs> I, I'm I'm thinking that this guy just is... I don't know. Well, it looks like there's actually. But to be fair, why would you have a chimp just hang, just like, hanging from like like a POW camp? Like, why would you? Why would you get a chimp? Lock him in chains, punch him to the fact where his nose bleeds, and then flick a cigarette at him. Like that has to be some sort of sentient monkey. That's either El Cudo is a baby, or it's his son, or it's his nephew, or it's somebody you know. Because, <laughs> yeah, this guy, for some reason, it's either that or it's just one of those ones, like, that they're just like, oh, this guy just really hates monkeys and so on, so he's just torturing this poor thing and whatnot. And that's why he's an evil guy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Now right. now I'm kind of confused. Now I, I, we, we need to almost read farther to see what happens. <laughs> but then we just get, like, a, oh, well, yeah, mm. It could be a flashback. It could not be. It's hard to say. You know, I mean, I mean... Who knows what year of the Vietnam War this is, but, you know, I mean, granted, technically, if you kind of think about it, like that Vietnam War, if you include, like, the French part of it, goes from, like, the almost, like, late 40s or whatnot, but, so it could be, like, a super far back, but, I don't know, I'm, I'm just basing off, because, like, El Crudo sure looks like more of, like, an orangutan than he does, like, uh, yeah, a I see it, yeah. That poor dude loading the mortar, though, just gets absolutely shit-mixed. 
<laughs> just like brutally like lands on that guy and then shoots him. But in it's the like back. he shoots him first and then, then just squishes him. And then he like just every like, bone in that man's body is gone. Yeah, I just smashes the guy's head. And I love how we get multiple shots like of that guy's head afterwards too, just to just yeah. to reinforce it. You know, and as he's busting in, he's just like shooting out these Viet Cong guys and whatnot left and right and just kicking ass and so on. I feel like it's perfect kind of like almost like 007 style like intro where it's just like, here's uh-huh. this cool action and so on. You don't really know exactly everything that's going on, but we kind of threw some details out here and there and you got this, you know, kick-ass character. Uh, let's see where we go up next. And um, that's the end of issue one right here. But like, I, I there's three other ones that I got kind of like in the pack. So there's all nice. kinds of cool stuff going on. I, I really did enjoy this one. I think the artwork's sick. You know, the story's cool. You can't, you know... Can't go wrong with good action. Having a, you know, orangutan kicking ass. Why not? Well, this is also true. Like, what more do you need? I know. I mean, look at the the last splash panel. Is he's shooting a guy in the head, blowing through his, like, rice hat. And he's got two grenades. Or he's actually, I guess he's pulled the pin out with his feet. Because, you know, he... Nice. <laughs> you know, he, he's got that kind of skill and willpower and so on. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, great stuff there. These are both books you should go out of your way to check out. You know, um, I, I had fun with both of them. It's kind of nice to kind of go back because it's like I had this stack of like sort of like our kind of like indie comic book reads. And I was like, well, I'm not going to read them until we're going to podcast. So I'm just going to savor these because no, no reason to get around to them if we're not going to do a show yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're hopefully going to get back into more of a schedule, so. Yeah, so, yeah, we can get kind of things going and whatnot. And this, you know, maybe gets a little bit more drive for all the other projects and so on. We kind of got lined up and, you know, bringing the indie community kind of back together or all those sort of things. Well, this is it. This is why why I was thinking to myself the other day we needed to make a comeback. Because I think it's important for the indie community to have a voice. Yeah, well, you know, one of those ones. Who doesn't like a review of, like, you know, a book and maybe learn? Precisely. Maybe learning and we're about... loud. Like, <laughs> we're super loud. When we speak, people, unfortunately, have to listen because we're loud. Exactly. And, you know, it's just like, you know, everybody likes a good review of their book. And then also it's cool to hear about a book that you might not know about because, you know, I mean, granted, that's just kind of how a lot of times indie projects are in general. Doesn't matter what multimedia they're from. It's just because, you know, there's not much advertising. So, boom, you get that out there. Get to talk about some things and just kind of comic books in general and all that fun stuff, you know. And then, um... Yeah. Yeah, as we go along, kind of, kind of just go from there and kind of pick up where we sort of left off, try some new things, and uh, kind of play around with the show and all that fun stuff, you know. So yep. So yeah, if, if you got any like shoutouts you want to give to us, well, you can always just do it at our Twitter at Indie Comics Club. That's Indie Comics with a comics with a C O M I X, just to clarify for anybody who might have forgotten <laughs> <laughs> but you can go there and then always you can find craig at at project savior on there project savior for you and then me yeah. on twitter at spencer s holmes i also got my website of oldmanorange.com for other podcasts pizza boys information old animations and all that good stuff but yeah we're, we're gonna keep this up and keep it kind of a regular thing you know and just get back on the groove why not but um yeah till then i'm spencer scott holmes I'm Craig Johnson. Peace. Peace. My time. Oh, there's sand.